Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my new upcoming totally free live masterclass titled The Most Common Legal and Tax Mistakes at Each Stage of Business and How You Can Avoid Them. On this masterclass, you'll learn whether it's time for you to go from a sole proprietorship to an LLC or from an LLC to an S-Corp, or if you have an S-Corp, how you can make sure that you're running it correctly. You will also learn how to get more profitable in a snap and put your taxes on autopilot, as well as how to make sure you're owning the CEO role in your business and managing the growth of your business without the fear that IRS hate mail or nasty lawsuits are going to come your way. Also, at the end of the class, you'll officially be invited to join the spring 2021 class of Unfuck Your Biz. There will be a special bonus available only to those that attend the masterclass. So if you're curious about the program or know that you need to get a head start on avoiding these legal and tax mistakes we're going to talk about, join us at www.unfuckyourbiz.com where you can register. See you there. Hello and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by one of my students, Suzanne. Suzanne, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I've just been shopping, you know, the usual, spending money that I shouldn't be spending. You know how it goes. Um, okay, Suzanne, let's talk about, tell me a little bit about your business. So let my audience know what it is that you do. So I, my, I, my business is Toasted Events. It's a wedding planning firm based in upstate New York and New York City. And I'm pretty new to the industry, but I've worked in events for a, a long, long time. I offer, um, you know, full service. I've just launched an elopement package, um, all that good stuff. And I, since I am so new in business, I really wanted to set it up correctly. Love that. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. So okay. tell me, you said you've been in events for a while before you launched your business. What were you doing? I used to work in venues. So I worked at a five-star hotel in lower Manhattan. That was my most recent job. I worked in a small boutique uh, venue in Chelsea. And then before that, I did mainly restaurant events. Nice. Okay. So when you say you work in upstate New York now, like whenever people say upstate New York as a non-East Coast person, I always think like Buffalo, like Northern New York. But as a New Yorker, is upstate New York just like everything north of the city or how does that work? That's how most New York City people think of upstate <laughs> New York, honestly. There's I, like Manhattan first, and then there's upstate New York, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, literally how most New York City folk think of upstate. I'm specifically in central New York, but I'm service mainly Hudson Valley, the Catskills, up to central New York. I don't go all the way north to Adirondacks, basically. Gotcha. So when you were working in lower Manhattan, is that what, is that what you said? Um, yep. I'm assuming you were not living where you're currently living because that sounds far away. Correct. I, I live in Queens. I have a second home upstate New York. So oh, I've been okay. spending gotcha. COVID here. 
Oh, okay. I guess this makes sense because you work in a, like you work in events, so you don't necessarily have to be living exactly where the events are taking place. You can work in either place, right? Yeah, I generally try to um, when when things really get going again in person, I'll plan like a lot of meetings, you know, around the weekend until events really get going, and then I'll go down to the city for like a long weekend or half a week, and then come okay. back up. Sometimes so, yeah, I feel nice. bad because I feel like I should know all of these things by the time our course is over, but we really dive like straight into it, kind of kind of like feet to the fire. Um, we do a little icebreaker. Yeah, I'm not the only person there. I'm not the only person there. <laughs> no, so. but your story is fascinating. So it's fun to talk about it here on the podcast. I also like have, well, I wouldn't really call it an obsession, but I went to New York City for the first time last year in 2019 for my 30th birthday. We went to the US Open which is relatively close to where you must be in Queens, right? And now Very I'm kind close. of, a, yeah, I was like, now I'm kind of obsessed and I want to become like one of those people who goes to New York City like every year for two weeks and just, you know, like eats out, like does, lives my best life situation. That's Sounds a nice fun. goal. I like that goal. Yeah. Okay, fun. All right. So you just, when did you decide to launch your business? Well, I, so I had a child almost three years ago, and when I got used to that life, I decided it, it made the most sense for me to go into wedding planning specifically because it's mainly weekend events. Um, my husband travels Monday through Thursday. So, uh, you know, having, we don't have a lot of assistance in childcare um, from our family. So... I decided weddings would be good because I love weddings, but also it really works to do weekend events. I could have tried to do corporate, which is mainly Monday through Friday, um, but I, I actually love weddings more anyways. Nice. Okay. So logistically that works out. Love it. So you, you started your business last year though, right? Like during the pandemic? Yeah, I had kind of started it in 2019 but I didn't really do a big push towards it. Honestly, when I started the business, I kind of thought that clients would magically come to me. And it took me a long time because, because I'm like a stay at home mom, I didn't have a real like drive to really go for it. Um, it, it just, it was more of a process for me. Whereas I know some people are really good at diving right in. I have to like very much go through all everything to, to get to a place where I'm like truly ready. Yeah. I feel that. I, don't, I haven't really talked about this much on the podcast, but I still remember when I launched my business, I really didn't know what I was doing for the first six months. And I don't mean, I don't mean like I, when I say I didn't know what I was doing, I mean, I didn't know what area of the law I wanted to do. And I did not know who I wanted to work for. So it took me a long time just to figure that out. And then like I wasn't on Instagram for the first year, had no idea you could market a business there. It's if you are coming into entrepreneurship, not already being familiar with it, it is like totally foreign. It can take a while to even start to get the snowball rolling. Well, I feel like people are kind of push you, oh, you have to find your niche. You have to find this, this, and this, and this. <laughs> but it's like, it took me a while to figure out, like that's all it's very heady and you have to really be very specific. Like right. you just said, you didn't know what area of the law to even, you know, I, weddings is such a big, broad thing. Like yeah. I know I don't, I'm not really interested in serving luxury, luxury clients. That's why I really want to focus on working in the Catskills because I love the kind of people that want to do weddings in the Catskills. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the things that takes a long time to figure out, right? Is people think, um, like for me, for example, I thought about specializing in the fitness industry because I do CrossFit and I do triathlons. I thought that would be fun. But what I ended up finding out was even though I'm not really, I don't consider myself a creative, I really like working with creatives. So it's has more to do with the type of people you want to work out than work with than necessarily like what your personal interests are. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about you're starting your business and how did you end up find how did you end up hearing about Unfuck Your Biz? I think I originally heard about you through Profitable Profitable Planner Bundle. Um, but I didn't make the connection and that you were the same person as I think maybe I heard you either on Mega Gale Gilligan's podcast, Wedding for Reels, Weddings mm -hmm. for Real. Um, I'm pretty sure I got connected through Megan with you. Beautiful. Okay. So you probably bought the bundle through Megan. Did Megan participate in the bundle last year? No, Renee. I, okay. I don't know if Megan participated. I have no idea how I found the bundle. Just yeah. everybody in my industry was getting it because there was so much good stuff in it. Nice. Well, at the time of recording this, the bundle is going to be available again in a week and a half. Once okay. this podcast releases, the bundle will be, the spring bundle will be over, but stay tuned, Suzanne. I have one of my, my bundle contributions going to be very exciting, but as a UFYB alumni member, you won't need to buy it just for my course. Cause you're already going to have access to that. It's one of the benefits of being one of my students. Okay. So you got the bundle. So you may have then, if, if you bought the bundle, you were then on my email list. So you may have heard about all the stuff I had going on directly from my email. Do you remember if you participated yeah, it, in the boot camp that we did last year? Not a boot camp, but I, the reason why I actually bought the course was it might've been through your email list um, that you were doing a, a masterclass and probably basically as part of your launch. And I took that masterclass at the beginning. I was like, there's no way I'm buying anything else from this guy. But by the end of that masterclass, I was like, I have got to, <laughs> to do this because I have no idea what I'm doing to set this up. And I really did not want to suffer the consequences of um, back taxes and not filing a proper LLC. And now that I'm like finishing up my contracts or do in the middle of doing my contracts. I'm so grateful for the, the contract that I I've gotten uh, yeah. through this because I like, I know what some of my friends' contracts look like and they are nothing compared to this thing. Honestly, I really, honestly, sometimes I think I need to do a much better job about promoting my contracts because I always roll my eyes so hard when people like, when people are like, Oh, I need to promote more people like need my programs. But it's like, sometimes that actually is true. And with the contracts, I think it definitely is true. Like I should promote those more. But if you all are listening to this and you want to get your hands on some contracts, shoot me a message because the templates are pretty bomb.com, I think. Yeah. And like, I feel like I could update it and change it. I mean, still with your, you get to give out updates, but I'm, I feel empowered to be able to do all this stuff, like with a little guidance, but mainly be able to do yeah, it now. That's the, that's the goal. This is why some of the things I do make my programs not the easiest to sell. And one of those examples is the build your own contract formula that I use. 
Because a lot of people are like, Brayden, I don't want to build my own contract. That sounds terrible. But the idea is, is I call it the build, like Build-A-Bear, but with contracts. The idea is, is you want to know how all of the bits and pieces work. So if you need to like create an elopement contract, you can tweak it. If you want to start doing taking retainers or monthly payments, you know how to do all of that without having without having bought one template and feeling like now you have to go spend $300, $500 on a different template. You just get all of it from the get-go. Okay, so you're working on your contracts now. Let's, so you got on the masterclass. It's funny, you're the third, uh, third person I've interviewed today and everyone said that they, they decided they were gonna buy it when they were on the masterclass. <laughs> so that's good to hear. But while you were on the masterclass, which part like really, really resonated with you? Like what made you decide, oh, I need to sign up for this for sure? I think it was maybe speaking a little bit about um, some of your experience dealing with people that have set up their LLC through LegalZoom. Um, and I was in the process of setting up my LLC through my my uncle's company. He has something similar to like a LegalZoom and they had sent me everything. I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Like, do I, I have to look at this? Like they did not send any instructions with it. I can totally see how people don't set up their LLCs properly through that stuff because I was just like completely overwhelmed looking at that. And I think in the masterclass, you really convinced me that not only am I going to be able to look at this stuff, I'm going to be able to understand it. And I'm yes. going to be able to be like, I think you might have said like kind of like my own CEO, like I'm going to be able to understand and like take charge of the business side of my business. Yeah, that's the goal. Be your own CEO. Like we want you to be empowered to be the CEO of your own business. That way, like whenever you, the goal is whenever you're going to hire someone, if you're going to go through one of these online companies and you get stuff in the mail, you know, like, oh, this is for that thing I had to file with the state and they're telling me I owe this amount of money. I knew that's, I know that's due by April. And then you know that this other thing that comes in the mail is definitely spam and the money they're trying to get from you, you don't need to pay. And also, you know, who you need to hire and who you need to fire when they're not getting your shit done correctly, which happens a lot. Okay. So cool. You signed up for the program, got into the course. Did you, uh, were, were you one of the people that got a head start on the homework before we started the live program or, or were you just sitting and waiting for our first class to come along? Um, I think I did things kind of side by side. I, I never got too far behind um, the the first module, which is pretty lengthy, I actually really enjoyed it kind of, um, it, I really enjoyed it because I was like, oh, I can do this stuff. Like I understand, you know, I, I think of myself as a creative. So I'm like, I, I'm creative. I don't like numbers. And I'm like, oh, actually, you actually are pretty good at this stuff. So um, I'll honestly, when it, I know it sounds cheesy, like, but a big value for me was like building my self confidence through this. So, um, which is always something I need, um, business wise, like the rest of my life, I, I feel pretty confident in but business. I'm always like looking for that push to feel like, you know, a boss. Yeah. I love that. I know a lot of people like when I, if I told people like how much, tax calculations we were going to do, it might turn some people off. But what I have yeah, to explain is that, <laughs> yeah, I was like, sh sh we, we got to keep that under wraps. But the reality is, is if we break it down, I don't have kids, so I don't know what's going on with like math nowadays. But if I think back to my own elementary days, 
Like, when do we start to learn percentages? Like, third, fourth, fifth grade? I don't know. This is basically what we do in Unfuck Your Biz is probably at, like, a fourth to fifth grade math level. It's definitely, like, one step before. Actually, maybe I'll say seventh grade, pre-algebra. Most complicated thing we do, right? Solve for X. <laughs> um Okay, so you got in the program, you went through module one. In module one, our primary goal is to figure out your quarterly tax percentage. So how much of your household's gross income you have to be saving for taxes? Suzanne, do you know off the top of your head what your quarterly tax percentage is? I'm putting you on the spot. I mean, we decided, my husband and I decided to like overestimate this year. Uh -huh. um, but I don't know if you want me to share it because when I told you how much I was estimating, you asked me a few questions and you were like, okay, that's right, but it's pretty high. So I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Cause you like wait, didn't you like way overestimate it though? No, you said actually that's reasonable based on okay. what my husband What are you, makes. what are you doing? Like 35%? No, 40. 40. Okay. Yeah. 40 is a lot. Like 40 is a lot. Suzanne. You probably, we could probably, you could probably do like 25 to 30 if we're being honest, but you can oversave. Well, at 40 when I told you his income, you were like, well, yeah, maybe you should keep it there. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Cause this depends a lot. So this depends a lot on spousal income, right? And also all your different income sources, which are things that we need to consider. So yes. did you learn, like, did you learn a lot of new stuff when you're going through that process? Obviously people learn a lot about like adjustments and deductions, but did anything surprise you? I think is the question I'm trying to ask. Oh my God. My biggest surprise was the self-employment tax. Um, but I, I mean, what was most surprising to me is I, I learned stuff that I was, I mean, my husband went to business school, like he's a total numbers guy. And I was having conversations with him that like, I was able to, to, to teach him a few things and just keep up, you know? Um, that's yeah, gotta feel was, pretty, that's gotta, gotta feel pretty good. Right. He was so happy and excited when he heard about my business expenses that I can write out. You'd have no idea how happy he was. He was like, wait a minute, we can write that off. You're like, sure. Um, yeah, we can. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear people say that because I actually like to think I'm pretty conservative when it comes to tax write-offs. So when I have people who go through my course who are excited about all the stuff they can write off that they didn't know about, like that always makes me feel good because on the flip side, we have students, like sometimes I have students who are like writing off everything under the sun. And it's like, no, it's like, no, Mary, you can't be like all the groceries in your refrigerator are not tax deductible. <laughs> that's not how this works. Okay. That's good to hear. I do. Um, Suzanne, I also do like to flex my tax knowledge. Sometimes it catches people off guard. A lot of people who don't know me, like in this context, just saying like, oh, who, what's it, who's that flamboyant gay guy over there? Like the other day at CrossFit, a lot of people were bitching about capital gains taxes. And so I had to lay down the law and be like, actually, that's not how any of this works, guys. <laughs> and then all these bros were like, how do you know? How do you know what you're talking about? I was like, well, you know, like I'm a tax attorney, technically. You don't really know what you're talking about. But I hear from students all the time that they have these same conversations, um, especially like at Thanksgiving when people are arguing about politics and tax percentages. Makes it very fun. Okay. Yeah. So... You got through module one, um, module two, I'm assuming you didn't have to do anything in module two because your business was new, right? So module no, two, no. everyone is our unfuck module. So this is where we tackle back tax issues and also business formation mistakes. I'll, I'm gonna be interviewing some other students who got a lot out of module two. So you, you can stay tuned for that. We get to module three. Did you end up forming your LLC, Suzanne? Or you, you'd kind of already done that, right? Yeah, I had started the process um, 
so yeah like that's that's done nice and how was that process it was fine I like I did it through my uncle's company um I just had I finally filled out the stuff he had sent me basically and you were able to so you kind of already had all the stuff that you needed but now you actually knew what you were filling out basically yeah exactly love that okay so we get to module four cash flow how did you find the cash flow process I difficult for me now because I really don't have cash flow right now. Right. Um, so it's kind of something I have waiting in the wings that I'm definitely going to implement um, as soon as I can, but I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself. Basically my only, um, my only, the only thing I'm going to focus on is putting aside um, taxes and taxes for now. Love that. Have you started, have you started the tax savings yet? No, I mean, I, I literally have zero clients. Like I'm really close to, to getting a a full service client. Nice. And I I have a couple of things in the works. Like, I think it's going to all start. So it's, you know, um, I'm just being cheap and I don't want to pay for the automation. (laughs) So I'm like, you don't, yeah, don't, don't pay for it until you need it. What I, what I'm going to tell you to do, Suzanne, as soon as you, the day you get the contract signed for your first full service client, I want you to set up that automation so that you can see the magic of that tax money being automated when the client pays your first invoice. Okay. Deal? Deal. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then the other, like the other bits and pieces in the cash flow process you can implement as you start to get like a little bit more consistent once you get a once you get a few clients but the the tax piece is really what we have to set up from the beginning okay so we go through module four uh, module five um, bookkeeping and contracts you're working on your contracts now love it tell me are there any like are there any contract terms that you found in the contract templates that you're like oh this is cool i never really thought about that um I mean, a lot of the legalese, like I, uh, I definitely, you know, anytime I read a contract, I'm just like, okay, skip, skip all these yeah, parts. Like, what does this so, mean? No idea. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever. Um, but I think, you know, honestly reading some of it was like, like, I know exactly where these situations come from because I've, I've worked in this industry long enough to know that these very specific situations that the contract addresses do happen. But I'm like, if it wasn't for my contract being the bad guy for me, there's no way I would put it into my contract. Because like, if you really read it, it's like, like I'm preparing for the worst case scenario. Like I I'm assuming my clients are not going to do this, but you have to prepare for the worst case scenario. Yeah. I was, I always tell people, like, if your clients are ever like, Jesus, this is a long contract. And you just tell them, basically, every single paragraph in this contract represents one horror story that either me or one of my friends has had to deal with. So we're not anticipating that will happen, um, but they're all here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it is is funny because, like, I could picture a client saying, you know, why do you have to have this? And I'm like, I have a specific instance that so-and-so or that I know happened 
to, or I worked in an event and this happened. So it's not that it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's like just, it's, if it happened all at once, you would want to kill yourself that night. So <laughs> at least there's yeah, not it was, that. It was like the, when the first client asks about why you have a harassment clause and it's like, okay, well, which story do you want to hear first about the, like about the gropey uncle? Like, where should we start here? You know, yeah. so many things. Okay. What did you end up deciding to do for your bookkeeping process? I mean, you have um, a template that I'm going to yes. use at first, and then I'll, I'll get QuickBooks when I have enough transactions. Beautiful. So you're um, going to start with the spreadsheet and then evolve into QuickBooks when you're ready. Yeah. Love that. Have you gotten to the contractor agreement and the contract section yet? I haven't. That's what I was going to tackle next. I literally could start doing it this weekend. Nice. Well, that'll... You can take the weekend off if you want, Suzanne. I'll give you permission <laughs> to do that next week if you, if you want a little bit of a vacation. Uh, okay, so you get your contractor agreement. That's awesome. So it sounds like most of the stuff, you, if you haven't implemented it, you already know what the process is. You're just waiting to implement it once you get a few more clients, which is great. Yeah. So are you happy that you chose to go through this whole process now as opposed to like in year three or four of your business? Yes. Because it, it, it is, so it is a big investment, especially when you don't have any clients. Like this is yeah. something I recognize. It was in the moment, I, honestly, my only two questions that I had for you during that masterclass were, does this apply to somebody getting started? Mm -hmm. And, um, and can I, can I write this off? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. The course is absolutely tax deductible under education and it is great for newbies. So I was, I was talking, it's funny. I keep saying I was talking to Steph earlier, but you know, her podcast could end up coming out like four weeks before yours. But when we were having our interview, I let her know, and I'm sure I said this on our masterclass that typically about 80 to 90% of my students are relatively well-established in business because usually just new business owners like don't really find me because they're not usually looking for a legal and tax guy. They don't think they need one, but this round for whatever, I don't, I don't know if it's a lot of people decided to start their business in the year of COVID or if it's because I used affiliates last time to promote and they had a lot of uh, new business owners following them. But this year it was more like 50, 50. Did you like recognize that in the program? It felt like about. Yeah. I mean, our group. New. Yeah. Our group was probably about 50, 50. Yeah. So, and I, I got to tell you the people in there that were, um, already a little fucked. I was like, I'm so glad I'm here <laughs> because <laughs> yes, I'm, yes. I'm thinking of someone in particular <laughs> that, yeah, it was it, watching someone else struggle, um, trying to untangle the, the ball of yarn is like, it's, it makes it worth it. Yeah. And like this year we had, like, we had a few different students who had back taxes. People are always kind of, you know, afraid to admit that in the beginning. And it's like, I literally built it into the course. Like you don't have to be shy about it. Right. But we didn't have a lot of formation issues. The last round of the course, we actually had a lot more back tax issues. I had several students who were three year, three to four years behind on filing their taxes, let alone paying them. We had people who had corporations when they needed to have LLCs. It was a lot more of that kind of stuff. This course was in a lot of ways like simpler to, to deliver because everyone was kind of just starting from scratch and doing it as we went along. Yeah. So Suzanne, what would you tell to someone if they were thinking to themselves, 
this is an investment and law and tax is not really something I want to learn. That sounds super boring. I would rather just take the money and either hire an attorney to help me shape up my business or pay for a tax professional. Like, what would you tell that person? I would say that it's, this is really, the initial investment turns into like a long-term gain basically because you're really given the tools to um, feel confident to do a lot of this stuff on your own. And, you know, if, if my income changes, I know how to recalculate my, my tax percentage. You know, there, yes. there's all these things that, you know, hopefully your income comes up. So you're going to want to um, recalculate everything. So there's that factor. And then as far as it being boring, I would say the way the course is structured, the, the calls, um, the weekly co-working or the co-working sessions and just meeting other business owners that are in on the same journey as you, you know, it just felt more like community. It, it didn't feel like something. If I just show up to a call, I'm not going to fall behind. Like I might be behind that week, but there's going to be somebody else who's behind and we're going to like catch up together the next week. Like it's, there's no behind. There's just where you are in, in that moment. Yeah, I finally, so I'm going to be interviewing Courtney next week. I finally had to tell Courtney to stop apologizing for being behind on the coursework. We'll talk about that on one of the calls. And I'm like, you paid, like, you paid for this course. You're going to go through it at your own pace. You're showing up to all the calls every week. You're getting great information out of it. Um, not everyone's going to get the whole thing done in 10 weeks, and that's totally fine. Some people get it done early. Some people get it done late. No problem. Okay, um, next question, Suzanne. What is the first thing you think you're going to outsource with regard to the content that we covered in the program? Are you planning on outsourcing anything anytime soon? Not yet. Um, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm not ready. I, I, it, it like I've been, I'm more apt to outsource something marketing wise, but this stuff, I, you know, the, I, we, we have a CPA that we use. Nice. So as far as like doing my own taxes, um, I'm, I'm good there, but, um, so I guess that is outsourcing. It's just something that we already have set up. So, yeah. Well, the um, nice thing is when you talk to your tax accountant and your tax accountant tells you that, oh, we need to get your schedule C done and you need to get me your 1099s, get me your bookkeeping. You'll be like, oh, okay. I know what all those things are now. Send them right over. Exactly. Beautiful. And if I actually do my bookkeeping, um, <laughs> I told my husband, I'm like, I just need a due date. Just tell me when. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yes. Yeah. My husband, usually, I was supposed to have our tax return done last Friday. So he's probably going to yell at me this weekend because we're going to be a week late. If we don't get our, he like wants to have our tax return done by mid-February every year because he's like, you know, that particular and antsy about everything. Um, other people just wait until like the day, <laughs> the day they're due. Okay. So... I was trying to think if I had any other questions. I think that just about covered it. Was there anything else you want to share with my audience? I don't think so. Usually I have something, but I, I felt like that was very thorough. So yes. I, I really appreciate you asking me. It was a real pleasure taking the course and getting to know you. So Well, thank you. We, I, I appreciate you signing up. The beautiful thing is, Suzanne, we're not done working together yet. You joined the alumni membership so we're going to unfuck your systems next after you're done with your contracts. And then we get to personal finances after that, which will be super fun. I also am going to be surveying you all in the next several months to see what other more advanced course content you want next. Do we want to tackle trademarks? Do we want to get into hiring practices? 
sky's the limit, right? Among all of our book clubs. Okay, Suzanne, last question. Uh, my audience always knows that at the end of the podcast, I always tell them to join my Facebook group, Braden's Besties, creatives getting their legal and tax shit legit. Where should people go find you if they want to be one of Suzanne's besties? Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Um, I Instagram's probably best. It's at Toasted Events NY. Beautiful. Or Love my it. website, okay. ToastedEvents.com. ToastedEvents.com. So go check it out. Follow Suzanne. You can all hang out and be friends. You can also join my Facebook group. Suzanne, you should be in there. If not, we'll get you in there. And if you're listening and you're interested in checking out Unfuck Your Biz or you at least want to attend the masterclass so you can learn the basic principles that I teach in the course, stay tuned for that. I don't have the registration page up just yet, but we will have it up in very short time. So check the show notes. It might be in the show notes by the time uh, this podcast releases or message me on Instagram and we can dive on in. That's all for this episode. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.